and welcome to Living La Dado Sea. I'm Michaela Howard Jones. This is our fourth and final episode in this series where we're going to explore the final theme of ecological conversion and what that has looked, sounded, and felt like for the primary students in and outside of their classroom walls. If you've missed any of our other episodes so far, make sure to check them out after this one. But to start us off, Father James McAvoy breaks down this idea of ecological conversion and the theology behind it. In thinking about ecological conversion, then, it's worth thinking firstly just about the word conversion, like it's a, it's a really central word in the Christian tradition. And people often associate it with a, something negative, you know, like turning away from something. And, mm. and sure, in, in the context of ecological conversion, it's certainly that. But, but there's something deeper and more. Like I, I like to think of it in terms of a discovery, like fundamentally the discovery of God, discovery that, you know, I'm loved more than I can imagine. Um, and so... Um, yeah, and so that that really puts God at the centre. One of my uh, favourite uh, Catholic spiritual writers of, of the last century <laughs> uh, says that uh, to say that God exists is the most world-shattering statement a person can make because when God exists, all that is flows from God. Mm. And so ecological conversion is then simply the discovery that Look, it's not only about me, you know, that this, this whole world comes to being in the love of God and is held in the love of God. And so for to be converted then is, is to be engaged in all of those relationships, to see that everything is created in God. And, uh, and therefore I have a, you know, an important place like that in, in that, a critical place, but nonetheless, as I said, it's not just about me. So is it more about uh, an, an, an understanding or is it a call to action or is it both? Well, it's both of those things. You know, one of the most important philosophers of the 20th century, um, Martin Heidegger, one of the things he saw utterly clearly is that he thought Western people thought that nature was there as he says, as, as standing reserve for their use, you know? Mm. It's there for us. And that's what ecological conversion just utterly moves us away from. It sees us engaged in a network of relationships. And, and so that, that is an understanding. It's, it, it is about seeing it, but, but it's a lived understanding. You know, it's something that's, that has to be engaged in practice, uh, it has to, you know, it has to be lived out. Uh, and so um, Dennis Edwards, in one of his gorgeous little books, talks about the different ways we might live that out and and talks about firstly just gratitude and, well, he calls it gratuitousness, just recognising the gift of all there is and uh, starting there. And then secondly, um, being involved in uh, a loving awareness of things, just... Dennis used to be uh, deeply attached to many things, to the stars, but up at Marialta Falls uh, or on, in the park on the way, he had a, a favourite tree up there that some of his friends have put a dedicatory panel on just to, to name it. Is It's a huge tree. It's a gorgeous tree. Yes, yeah, so a loving witness, a loving awareness of what creation is uh, and of, of every living part of creation. 
And so it involves a range of things. Those things, he says, to um, a transformation in the way that we live, in our lifestyle, uh, and, and working together to, to promote uh, the environment, to, to foster the good things that we need to, to save the planet if you know, we're going to live on it anymore. It's a really, I think, a really uh, wonderful way that we see uh, in schools, especially with young people, children and high school children as well, in that uh, ecological conversion is a very tangible way in for them in yeah. terms of understanding what faith is. Because in a, for a lot of them, it's a, it's a bigger, uh, a larger ideal that, that maybe as they, as they grow up and grow older and get a better understanding of the, understanding of the world and who they are as people and their place within it, uh, it becomes a bit clearer, but as 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 they're younger and they see the world around them, they feel physically and emotionally connected to what's going on around them. Do you think that that ecological conversion really does form a very important plank in the whole uh, tapestry that is our understanding of of the Catholic faith? Oh, absolutely. Firstly, I utterly agree. Uh, it's a very practical reality and. Young people and younger children, particularly, they love to do things and uh, um, act it out, and, and they see it. You know, they don't miss it, but they they see it. So, it's practical in in that sort of way. But uh, in terms of faith, it always it also allows the possibility of, of just opening that up. You know, it gives you a way to to think about what creation means. You know, that that it, we are immensely blessed. This is something enormously important and something given to me and something that I need to respect uh, for what it is. Over at St Catherine's, Aparam, Christina Dore walks us through what ecological conversion really looks like for the students and teachers who are living it. Ecological conversion is quite a deep um, level learning, I think, and level experience. So it's not just that superficial, you know, we, you know, we care about the environment, which is why we use recycling bins. That's not ecological conversion. You know, the difference is we care about the environment. So we're conscious of what resources we use, knowing that there's an ecological footprint attached to them. So somewhere someone has to manufacture that and we want to make sure that that manufacturing process honours the dignity of people um, and is done in an ethical way and is also done in a way which is ethical for future generations too. Mm. So there's quite a difference in, you know, being guilted into recycling because, you know, land feels a problem versus really unpacking what it is that happens behind that object that might, you know, be able to be done in a better way. Mm. So I think it's it's the same, you know, with nature play too. Like we are gifted with such an abundance of natural resources, not just in our school but absolutely everywhere we go. Um, and so I think it's really honouring that role as caretakers of creation, of God's creation, and it fits with Catholic social teaching. It fits with the Live, Lead, Learn framework, um, you know, in a – in a faith context such as this, it just fits so naturally um, to really care about that element and care about it because it is connected to our faith tradition. 
at St. Raphael's Year 6 teacher Anthony Sakari shares how a simple project on school waste quickly became a whole school initiative that his students were wholeheartedly invested in. Is there one assignment or focus topic or subject area that you feel has just been like the most impactful in terms of what you've brought into the classroom this term so far? Oh, look, I think the most important thing has been our year six leaders in their actual leadership roles. So in through our learning curriculum, yeah, so we have a focus on nature and at the moment the year sixes are looking at um, redesigning our nature play. So planting different plants and just restoring it back to its, you know, former greatness. Mm. But more importantly than that has been our, again, our focus through leadership on you know, what ways can we actually make meaningful impact? Sure, planting plants and all of that is phenomenal because it gives us the opportunity to, you know, provide more space in our ecosystem and, you know, get our, as I said, our nature play up and running. But what can we do on our day-to-day to actually make an impact in the lives of our students, our community, um, and through nature? And one of the main things has been um, through our, like, rubbish data collections. So, with that, we've had a really big focus for the majority of the year around, you know, keeping our areas clean and keeping our school clean. Um, through our year five program and our year six program, we actually spent, oh, I think it was about a term and a half, actually going around the school once a week, collecting as much rubbish as we could possibly find and then documenting that, presenting that to our students through different media formats. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there has been probably a mind shift, I think, in the you know minds of many of our students to think about what they're doing and actually use the bins um, more regularly than they previously were. Mm. And as you can see from our like data, it's actually you know started to dip down, which has been really promising. Mm. And from there, it's actually been meaningful impact um, in bringing about that change. And that was really a student-led thing from our environment, our actual environmentalists. So their leadership role was let's start reducing rubbish in our school. So they've taken the ownership and then from that was just stemmed down the line and we've started to see some promise. Next up is Mandy Curtis, REC and Nicholas De Palma, Deputy Principal of Holy Family, to share how they have brought ecological conversion to life through their three house groups in their school community. But first is Shirley, a Year 6 student who shares what she feels when she is outside in nature. When you're out in the fish farm or you're out in nature connecting with all of these wonderful gardens and animals, what feeling do you have? I have a feeling kind of like probably what a mother would feel like. Because I'm taking care of all of these animals, I get to watch them grow. I get to see the ups and downs of their life. I feel like kind of a mother to them. I'm taking care of them and that's really important. We have a really strong Catholic identity at Holy Family and as uh, Yanni and Shirley mentioned, they are already making connections with the ecology and in their own lives. Just for Shirley to talk about the motherhood of that, it's building really strong connections with Pope Francis's encyclical, the Laudato Si, which is care for our common home. But when you look at it in terms of motherhood, that's establishing that real personal connection with the ecology. Mm. And it was good that our students are starting to voice that and they're actually starting to internalise it Mm. because that's what the conversion part 
is all about. Now, I, I would imagine there's probably a lot of schools out there that are really struggling with this idea of um, making these ideas of um, Catholic social teaching, Catholic spirituality, ecological conversion actually become something that the students actually really care about. And, and, and there's, there's real obvious uh, evidence of transfer learning going on a little bit. For you, what have you noticed that have been the, those, those moments that um, the things that you have done, the strategies that have really connected the most with the students to get them there? Okay, we have house meetings um, a few times a term and it's, uh, students are divided up into three main groups. Um, the one that I run is called St Vincent de Paul and um, Nicholas de Palma has taken charge of a strategy that goes out with these three main groups based on the ecology and they're all coming up at it from different perspectives. My group, St Vincent de Paul, is looking at it from an Indigenous, Australian Indigenous perspective and um, we had the uh, house gathering a few weeks ago and we got the students to mention their ideas about how to make connections with the land um, like Indigenous people do. Mm -hmm. And there were some amazing suggestions that came from the students. Some of them was a smoking ceremony. Um, another one was inviting local Indigenous elders to come and tell stories and going to the muddler and listening to stories. Um, and it would be them exploring stories about the creation and about the way Indigenous people understand creation, like the rainbow serpent. Mm. But it's making those connections and really understanding the, the, it's that it's not that the land is there to serve us. They are flipping it to we serve the land. And whatever we take out of it, we must put back. Yeah. And the land... Like Belinda, sorry, what was that student's name? Shirley. Shirley, thank you. She said, "Land is is reminds me of motherhood, mm. and that's exactly the way our First Nation people see it." So, what is it that you notice? What is it that gets them there? I mean, because you're talking about there's the, the, the practical element, you know, they're going out, they're actually seeing it, they're engaging in it, it's hands and feet stuff. Yeah. You're talking about then, you know, uh, the, the, the ideas and the conversations and the things that support that. Has there been anything that you have noticed along the way that has kind of surprised you and you've gone, no, this is something that really resonates? Because I know that there'd be a lot of um, 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 school leaders out there, APRAMs probably especially, who are going, we really want to get these ideas to resonate with our students, but we, we maybe don't even have the benefit of having these amazing facilities and things like that. What would you say have been those moments, maybe one particular moment that you've encountered where you've gone, here is a moment of genuine connection that maybe you know has come as a bit of a surprise? I think it goes beyond pedagogy at this school. We can teach um, ecological conversion just through pedagogy and in the classroom. But we're not really understanding that. And I think what Holy Family does, because we have the muddler there, it's seen. And we have the rock pool over here as well. And students often come and sit there and appreciate that. And 
I think it's just that they're making connections with their own lives and it's good to see them stepping forward and taking the initiative just to clean up the yard. Mm. It's not just they're told to. It's not because it's, it's punitive for something that they've done wrong. They actually will go and just pick it up, see it and pick it up. And that's a really powerful thing. They, these are small steps, but if they're doing it for the right reasons you can see them sort of starting to take notice and it it should go beyond the school mm. it doesn't just take place in the school it's there's a few students that are making pledges their own personal pledges for what they're going to do at home and one student was talking to me after the house meeting and he says that he started to grow little plants and he wants his own vegetable garden mm. and he wants his parents to use those vegetables so he's really appreciating the fact that what we grow, it doesn't just come from a supermarket, it comes from the earth. Mm. So that was really powerful and that's something that he said that he would never have done without his experience with Mudler and with the rock pool and the fish farm. My um, ecological conversion project has involved the three houses of learning that we have here and they're named after St Mary MacKillop, uh, St uh, Pope John Paul and uh, St Vincent de Paul. So Mandy's already spoken a little bit about uh, her house group, um, St. Uh, Vincent de Paul, uh, connecting with the Indigenous voice of, uh, of the Mudler and, uh, and making that connection to the land in Indigenous stories. And um, at their, their first house meeting, students came up with um, some ideas of how we could actually action that and bring it to life, bring it uh, to the whole school. And they came up with ideas such as a retelling and rereading of in Indigenous stories at lunchtime by the billabongs or by the rock pools for other students to listen in and even reimagine some of those stories uh, using our technology. Um, so uh, the other houses of learning, St Mary MacKillop House, have been looking at the litter in the school and uh, seeing how that can be um, how, how that can be collected in a way to keep the school clean and tidy. Um, so some one of the ideas that came up at a recent uh, student gathering, which is the student leaders that run these uh, these groups, um, was to have a power clean. And that just involves students going to, uh, the student leaders, sorry, from Mary McKillop House, going to each of the different uh, areas of the school and just simply just getting the students around them, uh, getting their attention first by blowing a whistle, getting them to pause their playtime for like a couple of minutes and just to fill a bag of, of litter. So it was that, you know, many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the, the area was soon, you know, pretty clean and uh, and then they went back to playing. So it's just, just that idea that, you know, it doesn't take long and it doesn't take a lot of work to make uh, your area, your school, that, you're, you, that you use every day, that you play in every day, a beautiful looking area. So it, it, it doesn't take a lot of work. It was literally just two minutes out of their time and not one child minded at all to be told to do that. They all absolutely loved it. And the amount of litter that we collected at the end that was disposed of was um, uh, huge because we did it at lunch and uh, recess and at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was only you know, two minutes of their, their time each time. So that, that, that uh, was an idea that uh, the students came up with. Um, and then, of course, the other house of learning, the... St. Pope John Paul II house um, are overseeing the garden beds. So as you know, that we've got uh, new garden beds at the school for teachers and students' uh, classes to, to plant produce in. Uh, that produce then gets used at the canteen and the early learning kitchen. 
and so their job will be to ensure the smooth running of those areas. So the ideas that they came up with was to um, you know, collect any any litter that's around those garden beds, also to do a bit of weeding as well uh, when class teachers can't get get there, and uh, also just to liaise with those class teachers in terms of watering and stuff like that because you know, at times you know, they might not be able to get to there for some reason. It is the responsibility of the class teachers and the students of that class to oversee their garden beds, but this is like a little action group that just helps that process a little bit more. Back down at St. Michael's College Primary, I went on another walk with receptions Izzy and Michael, who were very happy to introduce myself and Alice Dunlop to some of their very happy schoolyard friends, the chickens. Should we let them out? Can I let them out, Miss Daphne? Yeah, I'm going to move the pavers. He's a bit shy, I think. <laughs> no, he's used to it, actually. Do they, how do you know the chickens like us coming over here? Because, they, because, because they like... Um, they think we're going to give them some food. You're right. And what else do we give them, Izzy? Do we give them cuddles? Yes. Right. And we give them all the love we have to them because cause we want them to have a happy, happy life. life. They look very happy. I was going to say, they do look very happy. How do we know that they're happy? What does a happy chicken look like, Izzy? They look they looks like they're calm and they look they're like they're water. And, they're, and they look happy. <laughs> oh, look, there's a chicken behind the egg there. Chickens are coming. So do you guys like your jobs of taking care of the chickens? Yes. Why do you like your job of taking care of the chickens? Why I like the jobs of helping the chickens because we get to pat them and feed them. And do you think it's an important job taking yeah. care of the chickens? Why? Because yeah. we want them to have a happy life. Yeah. Do you give the chickens lots of love? Yeah. How do you give the chickens lots of love? By giving them cuddles and giving them love to us. Mm-hmm. Or giving them water or food. And do you think that the chickens show you guys love back? Yes. What does that look like? That looks like they're happy and they and it looks like they want us to stay there with them. Finally, I sat down with Carol Jarrell, APRAM at St. Therese one last time, to find out just how much faith impacts the mission of her school and its surrounding community. We talk about like um, ecological conversion, which mm. is of course, when we're talking primary schools, it's just a huge topic to, to cover. But I suppose more familiar in terms um, with, with students at this age would be this idea of um, faith. Um, and commitment to the environment. Um, and how, how, in your mind, over this journey of this year so far, how has um, Catholic faith or these teachings influenced your um, drive, I suppose, to, to bring this project to life? Um, it, it's at the core and it underpins everything um, we do. So whenever we're doing anything in our subjects, we're linking it to... Um, scripture or we're linking it to gospel values to our school values and one of our school values is grace and Dennis Edwards has done some amazing work around grace in nature and so we're looking at where grace is present in nature and where we can see it feel it hear it and what do we wonder about God's presence and grace in nature 
and they were that was an activity that we um, did um, on outdoor classroom learning day and one of the activities I did um, with the students was I just got some um, gum tree leaves and we were writing on one side you know where we do see here feel um, God in nature and what we wonder about it and then doing a drawing on the other side of it and we had some beautiful discussions as we were doing that and I was so moved by students saying things like I feel God in the breeze I see God in the rainbow in baby animals in the sunset and um yeah, I wonder about the diversity that God has in his creation. Like, wow, you know, so hearing these questions from students and their thoughts um, was very, very powerful. for joining us here on Living Laudato See. This has been our fourth and final episode, but if you haven't yet heard our previous episodes in this series on wonder and awe, integral ecology, or nature play and playing a mystery, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by ArchD Radio on Podcasting on behalf of Catholic Education South Australia. My name is Michaela Howard-Jones. Make sure to stay tuned here for more school life stories. Bye.